Welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast, hosted by 4constructionpros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in this episode, Peter Bigwood, general manager of Mechalac, highlights the challenges of attracting workers into the construction industry and the role advances in equipment and technology can play in building the next generation workforce. Let's dig in with Peter now. Peter, thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, I think that we've got a great topic ahead of us, but before we get started, can you just share a little bit of your background? I know you've been in the industry a while and have had a very storied career, so if you could just kind of give me a, a, a quick synopsis of that and, uh, you know, what you're currently doing with the Mechalac organization. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I sort of Split, split my career basically in three. Uh, I spent the bulk of my time with Atlas Copco. I ran there, uh, the construction tool business for the US for I think almost 20 years. Um, and that, uh, so, so that was my first foray in, into, the, into the industry and working with distribution and, and, and end user large uh, construction companies. Uh, and then after a, a very brief stint with, uh, with an Australian company, I then was lured uh, to work for Brock, uh, another Swedish company, um, of course, the world leader in remote control demolition machines. Uh, and I spent eight years there and hadn't fully expected to, uh, to retire from Brock. I thought that, uh, you know, things were going very well and I was enjoying it. And then... Um, uh, a headhunter came along, and and uh, and uh, I, I I went hook, line, and sinker. They they um, Mechalac was looking for a, a GM for a, a fairly young uh, North American um, sales company, and it just it just really appealed. It was. Um, it was new. It uh, Mechalac. I I was familiar with Mechalac. Uh, it's a French company, of course, that that uh, has a tremendous uh, sort of history and sort of a DNA of innovation and uh, bringing out truly game changing uh, products. And and that really did fit very much with what I'd done with both Atlas Copco and Brock. And um, it just. You know they they were very well known, very well established in the rest of the world, but very new in North America. Right. And so I thought it really did seem like a wonderful, exciting challenge to really get them on the map, if you will. And obviously, I'm flattering myself here. They they they're already <laughs> been going at it for a few years, but but to really get them their name better known in the U.S. and and fill out the distribution and and really. Um, put something, put some more um, substance behind their really very interesting brand uh, in, in this part of the world. Um, and after just over a year with them, even though it's been a bit of a crazy year, um, I'm very glad I did. It was, uh, I think it was the right decision. You mentioned COVID and obviously the construction industry in general was still able to continue certain aspects of, of operations during COVID because um, it was considered an essential industry. But 
it was still impacted by COVID and certainly the workforce was impacted. Do you see um, this having a significant effect going forward on um, bringing people into the industry? Because historically the industry has had challenges in attracting new people and retaining skilled labor. What do you see as some of the biggest challenges, not only in the, the light of COVID, but going forward once we start seeing a recovery? Yeah, and, the, and those are two, you know, two major, major challenges, uh, which, which uh, you know, and I, I'm sure has been the same with you, that it's been a topic of discussion in, in any number of forums over the years, whether, you know, it's the AED, where I've participated in, in seminars, uh, or uh, I've been involved with the National Demolition Association and, and with the CSDA for, for many years. Um, and it's, it's a constant struggle. I mean, and I'm sure that's why you're, you're writing about it. And sadly, of course, there is no easy answer. It's, it's a sort of a culmination of, I think, some very fundamental structural issues. Uh, and, then, um, and then I think some, you know, some challenges in, in marketing, in marketing um, our industry, uh, whether we're many manufacturers or whether we're actually in the, at the sharp end of actually doing the construction. Um, one, I, I will say, uh, if we can start with the COVID, um, we were at, at Mechalac, we were pleasantly surprised um, because it became clear as the year went on that sitting in an excavator uh, or a loader is actually a fairly safe place to be on a job site. And, right. you know, even, even whether it's, whether it's a, you know, a sole proprietor, you know, a septic tank, uh, septic system uh, contractor, who's just going out and doing his work, they, they can do their work because they're, sure. they're basically staying away from people. Or if it's, um, a little bit more problematic in with talking to uh, friends in the in the demolition industry, you know they found again paradoxically that their their business for, for the most part was very strong and in many cases it was uh, it was brought forward as it was accelerated because because if they were doing a lot of institutional work uh, in edu particularly educational. Uh, which they often do, that all gets compressed into the summer work. But in this case, the schools closing, they were getting, they were jumping onto campuses all around the country doing the work very early on, which of course suited them fine because there was right, nobody around right, and, yeah. and they get on sure. them. So, sure. so it, it really did, you know, it's, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it, some did better than others. Um, I, I won't say the name, but one of our peer uh, another one of the major manufacturers of construction equipment. I know, speaking to one of my friends there, they they, they dropped about fifty percent this year in in twenty twenty in their sales, and I think it was largely because they had a lot of business with the large rental uh, network, you know, chains, um, who pretty much shut down their purchasing fairly rapidly in response to, to the crisis. And so they were badly affected. Um, obviously I'm talking about on the manufacturer's side. Right. Um, 
but yes, there's there's no question that um, you know the larger the larger construction sites where there you have multiple trades who are interacting or or trying in this case not to interact with each other were certainly affected. I think it slowed some jobs down. Uh, it caused some people to to uh, to pull back, and I'm sure that there was some municipal work that was shelved just because of the tax issues, tax base issues. Um, so, but what I will say is, and I'm certainly not telling you anything you don't already know because we're all consuming the same <laughs> in the news. And I, I think that we are, you know, certainly 2021, we're, we're seeing as a, you know, the end of it rather than, you know, I think we're closer to the end of it than we are to the beginning. And I think we will uh, see uh, a sort of a resurgence as people feel safer about going back and going about their business. But the other question that you pose is, is this one, which I think has bedeviled everyone for, for years, for many, many years. And that is, you know, the, 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 the more general um, challenge of attracting labor, skilled labor to into the, uh, into the industry. And, um, you know, as I said, some, some of it is structural. I think uh, I have a friend who's a consultant for the, uh, for, for many, for a number of different states for their vocational uh, educational programs. And, you know, his, his prescription is invest more in the community colleges, uh, invest more in vocational uh, education. Uh, and then as a society, and I've obviously been very fortunate to have spent quite a lot of time uh, having worked for European-based companies of spending time in Europe. And if you look at a country like Germany, they have a, really an incredible uh, sort of apprenticeship program uh, or system or culture, if you will, uh, that has been established for many, many years. And, and, and of course, Again, you can't sort of wave a magic wand and have the same thing over here, but certainly th there is a an entirely different um, attitude towards the skilled labor and the trades uh, over there. I, I, I think where there's a lot more respect, a lot more uh, you know, value placed on it, um, uh, and you know the general caliber and the quality is is very high um, here. Uh, as we, we all know, I mean, there's too, you just hear it too many times that, oh, no, he didn't go to college. He, he's a plumber, you know, or he's, he's an electrician. Well, well, good for him because he'll exactly. probably out-earn out -earn most of my buddies who did go to college. Right. And I don't know. It's just, to me, that that's sort of one of the, the issues, which, I, I, again, I don't think you or I, other than shining some light to it or, or repeating it. Uh, I don't know whether we're gonna make a huge difference there. Um, as a practical matter, I will say that, and I can speak really for, uh, from my experience with Brock and my experience now with Mechalac, um, because that is when I was frequently asked to speak of, of, on this topic. And I think uh, our sort of glib answer uh, when, when I was with Brock was, well, the best way to attract uh, young people into the industry is to hand them the controls to a machine like a Brock demolition robot, because it's like playing a video game in real life. 
Sure. Yeah. You know, it's the same. Uh, it's the same uh, controls, and uh, you're you're controlling something that's twenty feet away, or even fifty feet away, or or farther, and 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 you you you're not swinging a pickaxe like you you might have thought that we might be doing, and and suddenly you are or a sledgehammer or operating a jackhammer, you you are actually doing something which really you're, you're gonna be better at than, than most of the old timers on, on the job. Um, and again, and we, we used to joke about it, that the best, the best Brock operator would, would be a, you know, a mechanic, you know, a, 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 a gamer with some mechanical aptitude. Sure, sure. Um, And it's interesting because I actually spoke to a a major electrical contractor that has started introducing gamers into their um, BIM division, their their building information modeling technology division, because of the same reason, because they have so much experience in creating those kind of worlds that are virtual similar to what you're experiencing with BIM. So it's kind of the same concept of looking outside of the box of what we tra- traditionally see as construction employees and, yes. and finding new resources that have skill sets that can be applied or, or that providing them with opportunities and equipment that yes. attracts that type of workforce. I, I, and I think that's true. I think if, if you also turn the question on its head, I, I think also that a way out of it is, is the, the old, it's the old chestnut uh, is productivity. And, you know, in the old days, you drive around Chicago in the you know, mass spaghetti of, of uh, elevated highways there, and you'd be hard put not to pass a, a construction site with you know, with 20 guys with, with jackhammers. Sure. And um, A, try finding 20 guys to run jackhammers today. You'd be very hard, hard placed, hard put to do that. But the answer to that, of course, is that, again, not to beat, beat the Brock horse or the Brock drum too loudly, but really any mini excavator, could be a mechalac with 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 a with a hydraulic breaker on it. You you just don't really do that anymore. It's just not on the cards that you have twenty guys. And and I remember in uh, that Canada was ahead of us in the U.S. In in I say ahead. They would complain that our Canadian customers would say, "You simply cannot get ten guys to show up to run. It, you just can't." You, you cannot do it. And there, and I think that that's what's happening. You, you see that far more. I, I hear it from my demolition contractor friends who simply can't get them. So like it or not, they kind of have to invest in a $100,000 or $150,000 uh, mini excavator demolition robot or, or whatever, because really you have no choice so sure. so again to, you know as i say i turn the question on its head it's it's not how do you attract more people it's how do you uh, how do you allow for the fact or how do you plan for the fact that you 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 can't get those people so you you know part, part of the is not whether well how do you get 
those 20 people to show up and hand them jackhammers. No, that, that kind of ship has sailed. You say, well, we're not, those 20 people aren't gonna show up anymore. So we have to think about doing this in a different way. And so that I think you would see, you know, and speaking obviously as a manufacturer or on the manufacturing side, that has certainly been whether it's uh, whether it's Atlas Copco with with the hydraulic breakers, whether it's Brock using the hydraulic breakers from Atlas Copco or Epiroc now uh, on these demolition robots, or whether it's Mechalac, where uh, you know the 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 controls of a Mechalac and the the what you can do with a, with one of our uh, skid excavators is is just streets ahead of what you could use, what you could do 10, even 10 years ago, and certainly 20 years ago with, with, a, with the traditional mini excavator. And, um, you know, what you now find is that you're reaching the point, and, and this is, uh, again, I, I will say that the Europeans are ahead of us in this, but the, uh, the uh, arrival now of these tilt rotators um, on the ends of dipper sticks on excavators, you know, makes them just almost like a hand. Right, and yeah, I've seen them and in fact tried operating them once. <laughs> and, oh, yeah. okay. uh, and it takes a little getting used to, but boy, they are amazing what you can do with them. Really, and, and yeah. so now you find that you don't, you can't find, uh, again, you'd be hard pressed to find an excavator in Scandinavia without some form of tilt rotator, whether it's you know, rototilt or steel wrist or Encon right. or whatever. Um, and so, and that we're starting to see more uh, with Mechalac, we, we have our own in, in development, but right now we're perfectly happy to work with, with the number of manufacturers who, who provide them. And that I think is very telling because it, again, it's, it's really, it's addressing the whole productivity issue because again, you, you, you are so hard pressed to find someone to come and operate. So you better be able to do a whole lot with, with what you have. Right. And I think it's interesting because a, a lot of people, you know, we get comments periodically from people saying, oh, well, if you're looking at bringing in more equipment, increased mechanization, increased technology, increased automation, all of that is going to replace jobs. But it's, I mean, it's going to replace the lack of workers more so than replacing jobs. I, I think that's um... I think that you hit the nail on the head. I think that's exactly right. And, and you know, it's, it's again, it's if you look at the history of agriculture in, in, in this country or really anywhere and, you know, whatever, I don't know the numbers anymore, but in broad strokes, it was, you know, 80% of the people were engaged in, in agriculture in, I don't know, in the mid 1800s. And, and now it's like 1%. And you, and you can say, well, oh my God, that is a terrible loss of, of employment in the agriculture, but of course, the, the truth is that they they're more productive than anyone could have dreamt, um, and so you 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 achieve the same goal, but with just far fewer people. And and as you say, it's it's really as a response to the fact that it's harder and harder to get people to do it. And and, and again, it's uh, I, I'm obviously coming to it from from now with uh, being. Uh, uh, from a manufacturer of, of construction equipment. Um, but I'm, as you say, there are many other 
areas of the business where the same phenomenon is is taking place, where people have to uh, allow for the fact that they just can no longer get get workers. Um, one one wonderful example I, I remember again. This is from my my Brock days. Was we were working with a um, an, uh, an electrical uh, basically the, the the power company, if you will, and in Texas and or one of them in Texas, and they were looking at um, doing uh, manholes, digging manholes, where you had a let's say a hospital and you had to. Uh, and the hospital said, well, we want another, you know, node uh, and, and another feed of, of electrical power coming into the new wing of the hospital. And so you had to dig a new manhole, basically a, a hole in the ground and, and, and re-splice the, the, the wires. Well, literally in the old days, they would put guys down there with jackhammers. And sure. they realized that this was just not going to fly because people were getting injured because they were live cables. And if they weren't careful, they would, they would contact thousands of volts and, and ruin their day. In a and big way. In a big way. Um, and so they finally, they realized they had to do something different. They ended up using a, a Brock machine, lowering it down. They went from 10 people standing around that hole to two people or maybe three, because it used to be 10 because two people were spotters and then they rotated teams of two into the hole because nobody wanted to be down there thinking at any minute you're going to hit the cable with your jackhammer and it's going to be a, a, a bad day. And so they would rotate them out every 15 minutes. And so you had, again, literally at 10 people. And by using a, a, a demolition robot, you had one guy operating it, standing outside on, at grade, looking down into the hole, and then you still had the two spotters. Right. And that was their crew. And, and so that, to me, was one of these examples. But the other thing which I found fascinating, I took away from those interactions with those folks, was that we, they talked about linemen. You know, the, the, like the Wichita linemen, sure, right? They, sure. they, they had linemen, which they used, obviously they needed. And they just told us, we, we, you know, we, just, we were just talking idly at lunch and they said, oh yeah, well, in the old days when we had openings for linemen, I mean, you know, again, you're paying 80 grand, 90 grand a year. It's a tough job. You're, you're out, you're literally out on the road. You're doing this work. We would have lines down the block. I mean, that, was a, that was a good job. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, now we're lucky if a handful of people show up. And many of those are not qualified to, to do the work. You know, because it's, it's no mean feat. You've got to climb up the pole. You have to know what you're doing as that could end in tears. Right. Uh, so that, again, that just struck me that that story is being repeated all around the not only around the country, but around the world. Right. I think that the, it's uh, a lot of it has to do with different options out there in terms of, of uh, jobs, but it's also that a change in the perception of what people are willing to do for work 
these days. And, you know, it's a tough one to get past for as an industry, I think. Um, but like you said, I think when we first started here, you know, trying to market the industry in a positive light, in a positive way, and emphasizing that there are ways to ensure the safety of employees through options such as what you've described. Mm -hmm. um, and also, you know, different technology opportunities, um, you know, lots of different roles in construction nowadays that were never yes. available even, even five years ago. Yes. Uh, now we're seeing a lot of new types of career paths coming into the industry and it offers a lot of opportunity for those high paying jobs that you're describing. Another thing that um, as a construction company listening to us here, they may be thinking, oh my gosh, that investment in expensive equipment, but there's also opportunities besides outright purchase to get hold of that equipment and be able to change how your, your workforce is, is getting the job done. Rental is a perfect solution in that regard. Oh, abso absolutely, yes. And that, that we see that time and again, and that, that's that's uh, that's one of the advantages of being at, at my at my advanced age and, and having been in the business for so long. I, re I remember when I was interviewed by um, I, I think it was one of your competitors, but um, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> and and it was it was one of these things where they were looking for the tipping point. Well, you know, the tipping point has come and gone. I mean, the uh, the, the the change. Uh, in in the, the the cultural change as as has long been made, where a contractor used to uh, be be uh, judged or or valued by the amount of of iron in their yard, and now it's it's how how well they manage their their fleet and how they manage to rent to use rental or financing uh, or operational leases uh, or even traditional leases to to manage their cash flows and not have a bunch of, of rusting iron in their yard that, that, that is gonna just pull them down if, if they have a encounter a slow period. Um, and that I think has been a huge sea change in, in the last 20 uh, years, uh, 20, 30 years. Here again, I think uh, the, the Brits were, were uh, ahead of us, they, 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 they had, had like the big four rental equipment rental companies in in England long before we had our huge consolidation into the you know to the United Rentals and everyone else. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that's you're you're absolutely right. That that's certainly something. But you know, coming back again, and I'll I'll you know obviously I'm 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 biased, but. Um, when I look at the equipment that, that Mechalac is putting out there, uh, it really is the, the, the attention to detail, the, 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 the focus that they put on the interface between the operator and the machine, um, I think is absolutely in line with this notion of attracting people who, whose friends are sitting in some uh, office uh, operating, you know, working a computer, and maybe they're they're not ready for that. Maybe they don't have an interest. They maybe they want to be outside, but sitting in the cab of of a Mechalac excavator 
is a is, is a very pleasant experience. And I and I say that because of course I work for Mechalac. <laughs> I think you could say that you could say that for many of our competitors who who uh, who clearly were a long way from you know pulling levers with with cables attached to them. Um, but where you are, where where the interface is much more intuitive, where the the screen, you know, we all have. Maybe we don't all have, but at least we certainly have um, screens uh, where your controls and and what the machine is doing is 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 very clearly and and um, uh, clearly displayed, so that you can understand uh, much better what you're what you're up to and what the again the capabilities of the machine are. Um, and and again, I think that I think it does address in our way. Uh, the the challenge of of attracting people who who really don't you know who, who don't want to be out shoveling material <laughs> out well, yeah and I think it's a great point you bring up I think that if you can get new hires out and show them the equipment and get them into the seat of some of these especially the newer machines that are out there frankly, they're nicer than my car. Uh, you know, I mean, I would rather be uh, sitting in those machines and operating for eight hours a day than spending eight hours behind the wheel of my, you know, my vehicle, because I know that it's going to, I'm going to feel a lot better walking out of that machine at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, and I think and that, that sort of arms race of, of making sure that, that the, 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 cab environment you know with whether it's you know air condition air conditioning heating which you know which are which are you know price of admission nowadays sure, um, sure. but the the seats i mean the, the, the we have incredibly comfortable seats now that you know uh, air suspension i mean the whole thing as you say they they can be more comfortable than a car because they know that there's a guy is going to be sitting in there eight hours ten hours you know Working, working his way uh, around the site, and the, the more you can get done, the, the better. And so, uh, I think you're right. I think we have to look beyond the, the traditional muscle-bound uh, guys um, to uh, to come and do the work, um, and realize that there's a, there's a lot there's a lot of people out there who, given the chance, given the opportunity, uh, can can rise to the occasion and, and, and come in and, and make a, a real contribution. Um, and coming back to the technology and, you know, if you, if you give them the right tools, you don't need to be 250 pounds and able to lift 400 pounds over your head to, to, to be successful at this. And I think Peter, we could probably go on for the pretty much an entire afternoon talking about this topic, but I don't want to eat up all your time. I, I certainly appreciate you taking time to have this conversation. Is there anything else that you'd like to share um, before we close out here uh, about um, workforce development and where, or where you think see things heading or where we might need to focus our attention going forward? I, I, the only other point which, which we, I think we, we've haven't touched on is is you know the role of the training uh, at the contractor level. Sure. Uh, and that's something which again, with both my experience on the boards of NDA and CSDA, we 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 talked a lot about. And 
you know, it's interesting. You you heard both sides of this story. Uh, you know, both both extremes. You heard about people who devoted tremendous amounts of of of, of resources, of time and attention and energy into training their workforce, whether it was uh, taking advantage of NDA or CSDA educational programs, uh, training opportunities, um, or uh, the manufacturers obviously do, do offer some training uh, um, courses. You had those people, and I have to say I admired them greatly, you know, because they were putting their money where their mouth was to try to improve their workforce and uh, and give people who came on board a chance to to grow and develop within their organizations. On the other extreme, you had people who would tell me to my face oh, at the bar, oh no, I would never do that. And, and I'd say, oh, why? And he said, because the minute I train them, then they'll be more valuable and they'll go off to work for someone else for a few dollars more. And I thought, well, that is a little short-sighted in my view. Right, <laughs> I agree. So bold. <laughs> um, but I, I think the ones who are willing to spend that money, um, reach out and develop their workforces, uh, even at the, almost, I will say at the remedial level, you know, to, to maybe take folks who, who maybe are, didn't do so well in school or, or didn't internalize what perhaps they, they might have or should have. Um, but when they do that, uh, I think you, Yes, of course, you're going to lose some. People are going to take advantage of other opportunities. They're going to move away. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. But I think if you do it in a systematic and uh, uh, in, in, a, in a way that's, uh, I'm losing my words, but uh, in, a, in an intentional way and, and a, in a conscientious and, dare I say, in a loving way, you know, to give those opportunities to, to develop your workforce. I think it will, for the most part, I think it will be rewarded in loyalty and in, in, in having people who are gonna stay with you, who realize they're onto a good thing and, uh, and, and grow with you and contribute. And that's what we all want. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Peter Bigwood at Mechalac for taking the time to talk with us today. Tune in every week for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time. <laughs>